Austin Roos has spent 24 years as a writer and Christian leader, garnering awards from a wide variety of Catholic organizations for his work fighting the culture of death. He has provided commentary for media outlets such as EWTN and the American Family Radio, as well as uh, being a three-time author. And in his brand-new book, Under Siege, he tells us there's no finer time to be a faithful Catholic. And we want to welcome to the program Austin Roos. Welcome, Austin. Thanks very much for having me. Oh, my goodness. This is a wonderful book, and I'm glad we were playing that nice, soothing, calming music because I'm reading different sections and getting, like, really hot under the collar. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I thought, oh, the music will keep me calmed down a little bit. But, you know, we need our faith and our Catholicism more than ever. What was the straw that that broke the camel's back where you said, okay, it's time for me to get on a soapbox and tell everybody like you did with this book? This is hot off the press with many hot topics today. Well, you know, I've been uh, working on this issue at the U.N. since 1997. And a part of the work there is, uh, first of all, working with U.N. delegations to stop an international right to abortion, but also to tell the wider world what really goes on at the U.N. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've kind of been on the soapbox for a quarter of a century. And about a dozen years ago, I started writing columns, first for the Catholic thing and then for crisis, and then started writing books. So well, I've always been uh, alert to what's going on in the culture. You know, um, here's is called, I am Lazarus, come from the dead, come back to tell you all. Uh, I shall tell you all. It's a line from T.S. Eliot. And that's been a little bit kind of my work uh, for, for many, many years, is, is looking at what's really going on and then, and then trying to tell as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, as cradle Catholics, and maybe I, I guess I'm, we've just been very naive to, to a lot of this. I think of times uh, 50, 60, 70 years ago in our culture where the Church was recognized as a, a very positive uh, force in the world. I mean, even Hollywood was 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 favorably portraying church, the church and priests and things. Was there even then an undercurrent of of this type of anti-Christian force in the background that we, wasn't as, as prevalent as there is today? Well, you know, there's always been a struggle. Um, I've, one of the things I write about in the book is, is um, the different ways that we have viewed ourselves as a people from before the founding up to the present day. And uh, the, 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 the battle has always been uh, between what you may call the providentialists, that is to say, uh, those who see the hand in God in history and our responsibility to bring that to, to the public square, over against the seculars um, who believe that you know, religion and, and speaking of faith has no place in the public square and in public policy. Um, and both sides were represented at the founding. Both sides were represented throughout our history. But then something changed in 1962 with the the school prayer decision, putting aside the aspect of school prayer. uh, The Supreme Court at that time came down on the side of the seculars and said that the the object and purpose of government has to be secular, which means without God. Um, So it really started in, you know, I would say it really gained speed in 1962. And then they began imposing, you know, the the contraception decisions and the the Roe v. Wade and and gay marriage. And all of this cascades down through the federal government, the state governments, and all the way to the local public school where they teach children new religious dogmas like sex assigned at birth and boys can be girls. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, it's been a healthy debate up until 1962 when the, when the U.S. government decided 
it was going to enter into the debate on the side of the seculars. It's something I think that we need to be aware of, obviously. And again, friends, we're talking with Austin Roos. His book is called Under Siege, No Finer Time to Be a Faithful Catholic. And this is something, as we see this uh, manifesting itself in so many ways, as you mentioned, education, my goodness, I mean, here in New Jersey, the governor has uh, declared that beginning uh, in the fall, they're going to be teaching transgenderism and gender identity to children oh, yeah. in, in kindergarten. Kindergarten. These, oh, yeah. So, so, so and, and this is by someone who was supposedly, supposedly a Catholic uh, as governor, and it's a scary thing. Yeah, and, 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 and I'll just reiterate, it's a religious dogma. Uh, that there's such a thing that a boy can become a girl because there's there's no there's no there's no objective scientific reality there's no objective scientific criteria for someone who thinks they're born in the wrong body it's based strictly on subjective feelings and the fact that they in, that they must impose it even onto school children is quite startling I mean what we teach to the what, what we teach the children about how we see ourselves is how we see ourselves. And there was a time when uh, school children saw this as a God-fearing country, and, and that was taught in the schools. And now they're taught sex is assigned at birth. Mm. And again, uh, for, for us personally, you know, here as, as grandparents, we know that we have little grandchildren who will eventually be, be entering school here in this state. Yes. Uh, what, what, can, what can Catholics especially do, uh, you know, to—your to, your book says it's, there's no finer time to be a faithful Catholic. What do you mean by that? And we have to think also that God God chose us now. We are living now for a reason. So I think many of our listeners will say, "Well, I'm here now. What can I do? There must be a there must be a part that I can play for the sake of the, those children or the, our grandchildren." Well, see, that's what the book is really about. You know, I go through the valley of the shadow of death and come out on the other side to make the case that we're living through one of the most remarkable epics the Church has ever known. Mm. Um, And I go into great detail in that. But the fact of the matter is, is precisely as you say, um, we have been placed here right now. Uh, We we can't miss this moment, this moment in time. You know, when we we pray the Hail Mary, uh, pray for us now and at the hour of our death, are the two moments that we ask for assistance. We're not supposed to long for times past. We're not supposed to worry overly about the future. We're supposed to face the moment that is in front of us right now, discerning spirits and and determining how we're going to move forward and how we're going to meet the challenges of the day, both in our own lives and in society, and prepare for the moment that we meet meet our Maker. Those are the two moments. And we live, it happened to live, in desperate times. Um, And so God has called us. You know, we just watched The Chosen, Yes. Uh, we're in the process of watching The Chosen. And, uh, you know, those guys, <laughs> the, the, the apostles weren't exactly the A-team. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 and so we're not. And so what? I mean, you know, God, God, you know, works with imperfect instruments, and that is us. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Austin Rose is our guest, and his book is called Under Siege, Friends. It's published by Crisis Publications, and you can check it out at sophiainstitute.com and other booksellers. You know, you mentioned that, Austin, about uh, The Chosen. We've been watching that as well. And I always like to go back. This Easter season is such a beautiful season, and especially in our Mass readings where we go back to the Acts of the Apostles. And I thought if there's ever a a model of church that we could embrace today, because there was such an opposition to what these people were facing every day, yet look how it grew. Mm. And today, the same thing. 
that's a really interesting point because what we're go- what we're debating right now is precisely what uh, the early church uh, debated uh, with with you know what we now call as the pagans, those who kept the old quote old gods. Mm-hmm. You know, they lived in a remarkably pornographic time. Uh, with pornographic symbols on public walls and and uh, all sorts of sexual immorality, you know, pe- families used to have guards for their sons so they wouldn't be taken away and, and abused. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's a direct parallel between then and now. And they were also debating um, the use of public money. Um, you know, h- how should we spend our money with regard to religion? Should it be in, in the promotion of the old gods, or should it be in promotion uh, of the Christian god? So what we're seeing right now is exactly the same debate. The difference now is that, you know, what I call the eminentists, that pagans and New Age people are on the rise and, and we're kind of on, on defense. You know, we are fighting a defensive war, a culture war that was initiated by the sexual left 60 years ago. Um, so the point of the book is that we're living through remarkable times and there are there is so much for people to do. There are halos hanging from the lowest branches of the trees, is my message. And it's a, it's a great message. Again, friends, the book is called Under Siege, and we're talking with Austin Roos, who is the author. Uh, now, there is hope, obviously, Austin. You say there's no finer time to be a faithful Catholic. Uh, I'm curious as to how, in, in your research perhaps, how did this happen? Because all of a sudden— it seems like this, this, this elite leftist a- attitude, mentality, anti-Christian force has just manifested itself in such a powerful way all of a sudden. And I'm sure it isn't all of a sudden. I'm sure it's been, there's been a strong undercurrent over the years. But you mentioned 1962. Why is it becoming even more acceptable these days to be uh, in, on that side of, of the aisle? Well, you know, um, I uh, in a previous book called Fake Science, I went and I literally counted, well, using the search engine, uh, of the New York Times and counted the number of times that uh, transgender was used as a standalone term prior to 2015, and it was hardly ever, mm. uh, and only ever within the context of the uh, acronym LGBT. Uh, uh, starting in 2015, when they won the gay marriage debate in the Supreme Court, um, it rocketed to more than a thousand mentions a year. That means basically three stories every single day in the New York Times. So I'm convinced that the, probably the biggest strain of this, this new established church um, the, uh, um, that is probably the sexual left. And I think that they really picked up steam because of the LGBT issue, and most especially after, uh, after the 2015 Obergefell decision. There are other strains of this new faith, you know, there's environmentalism and, and, and things like that. But the sexual left, I think, is probably the most potent and dominant kind because they really are coming for the heretics, and that's us. Mm-hmm. And I, you, you, if I, I just have a thought that history repeats itself, you know, we hear that all the time. And especially in The Chosen, when they would show the, the, the pagan festivals and feasts and carousing and all that, it was—, it was um, looked so attractive, all that entertainment, and yet Jesus says, come and follow me, and, and you know, they would be challenged. Well, why? What What is he going to have? Look at all the fun that they're having over there, and the it's the, just everybody's gone wild. Why follow Jesus? And, you know, that's where we are right now. 
You know, I was not aware I, 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 until I read a book by a woman named Sarah Rudin called, uh, I think it was called Life, I forget the name of the title, but I was not aware of what a b- truly brutal society uh, the Roman society was. Mm. It was awful. It was awful for almost everybody except for the, for the you know, the men who ran things. Mm. Um, and so the, the Christian message was remarkably unique. I mean, first of all, they're saying we only believe in one God and not all the gods. And and B, um, you know, we're we're going to be married to to one woman for life, and uh, we're going to you know conf- we confer dignity on all human beings. Those those things were absolutely revolutionary at the time. Um, and yeah, I mean, we, we, that that side of the fence certainly looks alluring to people. Um, they just don't know how bleak it is once they get into it. Mm-hmm. Austin, you say in your book, as dark as these days seem to be, future generations will look upon this generation with envy. Why do you say that? Yeah. I say that because we look back upon previous generations who overcame uh, great obstacles with envy. We look, we look back upon uh, you know, the revolutionary generation with envy. And we think, golly, I wish I could have been with them. <laughs> we look back upon those who fought in the Civil War. Uh, with great envy. We look upon those who, uh, the greatest generation in the Second World War with envy. We are that generation. We are going through one of the great debates of all time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the early church debated about the, you know, who is Christ, what is Christ. A later church debated what is the church. And we are debating uh, what is the human person. And every single one of us can take a part in this debate. And, and I know people are always thinking, gee, was what can I do? Um, people can do an awful lot. They can go down to the local school board and shake the hand of the guy who's standing up for traditional morality. Mm. Um, that would mean a tremendous amount to that guy. You, you can write a letter to the editor. You can, you can call your representative. Um, you can step up from there and actually run for the school board. Um, you know, there's an image that I use in the book called Charging the Sniper's Nest, which is kind of what I do. Mm. You can do that, too. I mean, that comes with a cost. But the point is that there's something for everybody to do. And everybody has to do something. And it's not just going to Mass and saying the rosary. Those things, to be sure, but everybody has to get involved in some way. That your voice would be heard. And I love what, how you pull from the um, Hail Mary now and at the hour of our death, because we're going to stand right. before God and he'll say, well, what did you do when, you know, the society was falling apart at the seams? Did, did you try to sew it back together. And, and if we all did something, it seems like, you know, like we're, we're trying to wake that's the great sleeping giant, you know, the Catholics can speak up. And maybe if we all did something, we would maybe shake the ground a little bit under these people with such agendas. Reading some of these pages, it was shocking. And I'm out in the world, but I work for the church. So in a way, I'm in a protected little bubble, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, Gosh, there's so much that people can do. Um, I, I, I just, you know, it's like if you're concerned about pornography, for instance, you can send a check to some group that's working on pornography. Um, you know, you can send a check to your local pro-life group. Mm-hmm. There's just so much for people to do. I, I'd say we live in one of the most target-rich environments that the world has ever known. Um, and those halos hanging from the lowest branches of the trees, all you need to do is reach up and grab one. Yeah. Well, I think the first thing they should do, Austin, is get your book, Under Absolutely. Siege is the name of the book. 
<laughs> and it's published by Crisis Publications. Uh, you can check it out at sophiainstitute.com. It's got a lot of friends, wonderful and, and important information in here to kind of light a fire under you and uh, things that will really get you going. So Austin Roos, the author, we thank you for being with us today, and thank you for the book again, friends. Under Siege is the name of the book. No finer time to be a faithful Catholic. Check out sophiainstitute.com more information about the book. And um, Austin, keep up the great work, and thanks for being part of our show today. Oh, God bless you for all you're doing. Yeah, Thank you so much. All right. Have a great day.